Hello, everyone. This is episode four of the E-Word. This is your boy, Hot Dog, and I'm joined by two guests at the moment here. We have co-host Ellie. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing wonderful. I'm very excited for this episode. And we also have Lauren Kage. How are you doing? I'm doing just fine. Welcome back. It's been since episode Thanks. one. Yeah, it's been a minute. Been uh, been pretty busy, you know, holiday season. Just say that. you don't want to fucking talk to me, Lauren. <laughs> you know I always want to talk to you. <laughs> this episode is going to be the Screamo episode. So, I'm so stoked. Kind of the genesis of this is, you know, keep seeing these threads pop up like, oh, so what are good starting emo points <laughs> and all this stuff? Or starting Screamo points, I mean. Um, so we're just going to kind of tackle this on air. Ellie, you are the queen of scrams, so I know you're excited to get into this pretty deeply, yeah? I am literally vibrating with <laughs> excitement. I am so stoked. And uh, Lauren, what's your level of knowledge with Screamo? I'm, well, I'm nowhere near Ellie here. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> I mean, but uh, I, I, have a, I have a fairly good knowledge of scrams. I don't know... Uh, there's a lot of deeper and more niche shit that I don't really know. I'm well versed in all the entry level stuff and uh some some of the deeper cuts of the nineties. Yeah. Um so yeah, I'm very stoked to get into this. Before we do that, we should uh get rid of some of the preliminaries. The yep. uh follow up. The uh, yeah, follow up of episode two. The the first thing I want to point out is I listen to it and it's uh it's very clear that I'm like actively suppressing my Midwestern accent because <laughs> 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 I'm very I'm very self conscious about that. I was it's uh, cute. very I was very I was very heavily uh, trying to sound more West Coast. I don't know what was up with that day, but um yeah. And second, <laughs> uh, as for the uh, the the question that Cassidy asked about bands nowadays that sound like Policy and Three of Still Life. That really, uh, like, it's stuck in my craw that I couldn't figure it out because I know there has to be some. And uh, I did figure it out. Um, there was a comment on the uh, the post on the sub for episode three by uh, who is Frank Ocean, the user. They pointed out some uh, some pretty good records. They shouted out uh, Heritage Unit, who are from Southern California, and I kind of know them through uh, my good buddy Alex Bigman of uh, Ghost Spirit, Seeing Means More, and Fight Fair, because some of the members of Heritage Unit are in Ghost Spirit. So I'm not, I don't know any of them super personally or anything like that, but they're cool people, and the, the records are good. Uh, who is Frank Ocean has some other ones that he wanted to shout out. But uh, I have some others that I wanted to mention that I think uh, really uh, exemplify the kind of uh, drawn-out sounds that early 90s emo was predicated upon a lot of a lot of these are a bit more post-rock oriented than the kind of stuff that was around in the early 90s but they're still worth checking out if you're a fan of that sound i shouted out Massanera, i think on one of the uh, very first episodes that we did they're they're very good they put out a record this year on middleman that is uh, if you're a fan of like city of caterpillar or envy uh you will get a big kick out of that record it's a lot of uh epic build-up scrams also uh, respire a band that put out a record last year called uh, gravity and grace um which is excellent it's a uh, very expansive very intricate screamo ojne i'm not sure how to pronounce this band's name i think it's ojne it's like that o with a strike through through it and then j then n then e is how you spell it they put out uh 
a very, very good album. Uh, it, I don't think it is in contention for my Screamo album of the year, but I do think that it's well worth taking a listen to if you uh, are into epic Screamo. And then uh, Autarkia, who I don't know if they're active anymore. The last record they put out was in 2015, but they're a very good band and they are actually almost exactly following that still life native nod blueprint that uh, build up payoff type of emo. Um, and they have a, a female vocalist and they also did a split with the grindcore band uh, Cloud Rat, if you're familiar with them. Uh, so if any of those things appeal to you, check out uh, Autarkia because they're very good. It's spelled A-U-T-A-R-K-E-I-A. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, th- those were the things I wanted to address real quick. Well, cool. Uh, so that's it for follow-up on episode three. As per usual, let's do what have we been listening to in the past week. Uh, anyone clamoring to kick it off? Yeah, okay. okay. So um, we're, we're going to be talking about emo in depth through, uh, throughout this next, like, three hours or whatever. So I want to uh, I wanna spotlight some stuff I've been listening to that isn't emo. There's a band called uh, Justice for the Damned that my friend L hipped me to recently. If you're familiar with that wave of hardcore that came out in like 2011 through 2013 that really kind of uh, aped the guitar tone of bands like Entombed and Dismember, mm-hmm. like the, the H- yeah, Entombed Core, that kind of a HM2 oriented sound. You know, bands like Nails, Dead in the Dirt, Trap Them, stuff like that. Uh, Justice for the Damned sound like that, but they actually have uh, some black metal influence. And uh, they also break into like, scene core-esque breakdowns that are just absolutely yeah. fucking punishing with this guitar tone so they're they're fantastic and uh i highly recommend everyone check out the album they put out this year called drag to the dirt um it's really good and as for everything else i've been actually listening to a lot of uh a lot of old school hip-hop lately i've been bumping uh only built for cuban links as as well as uh mob deeps the infamous just some some real good east coast hardcore hip-hop i'm i'm down with that and i found out recently through that uh there was a our music post about mob deep and a comment pointed out that that really uh high-pitched clicking sound at the beginning of shook ones part two by mob deep is uh actually a sample of a of a stove turning on that that click 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 sound which i think is fucking lo-fi and hard as shit that beat mm. is so cold that's why that's why it works so well i think so that's what i've been listening to nice cool. well i have been Outside of emo, I've listened to this uh, this uh, like breakcore drum and bass band called Psychouts. They're Japanese, and I was listening to some of their old stuff on tape that I found on Bandcamp because I'm a fan of. I'm not huge into EDM. I don't know a lot about it, but I like drum and bass and jungle and like stuff like that. They listened to Appleseed Cast's first album. Mostly because it has a song, December 27th, 1990. Today's December 27th. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, been listening to Wayful, uh, Screamo from, can't remember, Page 99. They were buddies with Page 99. So, um, Virginia? Yes. Or like, like the south, that area? Yes. Um, okay. I was trying to think of the city... They're um, from Woodbridge. Yes. Yeah. Uh, if, I, if I remember correctly, they're from Woodbridge. Yeah, they have. They're they on the live, live split document nine. Whichever yeah. one, the live one. Uh, uh, that would be ten. I believe. Ten. There you go. 
and uh, also some uh, Razeger, I believe that's how you say the name. They are a, oh, I think, Czech, like indie emo band from the late 90s, early 2000s. And I actually found them when I was making that ABCs of emo playlist. Uh, I had not, I did not know them before. I found them by the way, that that playlist is really good. By the way, thank you. <laughs> yeah, I listened. I don't know if anyone gave you credit for that, but that's it's a. It's I, a I yeah, I got some props uh, from people on the sub when I posted it there. Well, you brought up EDM, and I feel like this might be an appropriate time to shout out uh, this artist, uh, Drumcore D R U M C O R P S Drumcore. He is a hardcore kid from Boston, and he. Uh, has an album called Grist, which uh, samples a lot of mathcore bands. Like he samples Converge and Botch and like grind stuff like Pig oh, Destroyers. Nice. And uh, he also has a, an LP called Falling Forward that's really good. He has a really original sound. It's When it comes to like electronic music, I, I wouldn't consider myself an expert on it. I'm mostly into like glitchy stuff like Nero's Day at Disneyland and uh, things of that nature. But drum core is really fucking good if you dig that really uh, intense, fast-paced, breakcore sound, I, I recommend you check yeah. it out. And uh, right. I also think you should check out Carlisle, uh, C-A-R-L-I-S-L-E. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, you're aware of them? Yeah. Okay, yeah, they're really good. They basically do screamo mixed with pop punk, but in a way that isn't cringy. <laughs> um, like they they got screamy vocals but like really intensely melodic and catchy guitar lines like stuff that's actually like hooky not you know that aching melodicism that you hear in a lot of screamo like the octave chords and stuff this is actually like if you mixed pop punk aesthetics and song structure with the the raw beating heart of screamo it's very very good but yes. very good very good please tell me was that all for your list yeah, I haven't had have much time to listen to a lot lately. Mostly just Christmas music. Besides that, <laughs> oh That's my over, god! Finally, the fucking Christmas <laughs> playlist at my work has been got like unfucking bearable. <laughs> they literally that that Fifth Harmony cover of "All I Want for Christmas Is You." Oh yeah! Oh my god! It literally played every ten minutes on the fucking dot. I wanted to shoot myself. <laughs> oh man. Cool. Um, I listened to some I Kill Giants lately. I read the initial post about Sparkle Punk from your blog, mm-hmm. and um, yeah. I never really like listened to them with like the the lens of them being a Sparkle Punk band for some reason. And now it just like really makes sense. Yeah, I think I think I Kill Giants' song "A uh, Collector" is like one of the absolute fucking top tier songs of that era like mm-hmm. it's it's so good so like immaculately fucking constructed yeah also um, those hand claps i'm a sucker <laughs> one of the guitarists is in great grandpa correct yes okay <laughs> um also been listening to a lot of fugazi kind of like picked through all their whole discography lately and just kind of uh revisit a lot of those per the mention in episode three i checked out Ostraka, and uh, I'm really into that now. Good. Nice. Good. Uh, well, As you should be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I slept on that, uh, but I really like the album that came out this year. And you said they're on hiatus or something? Like I, be- that? I believe they are on hiatus Damn. right now, um, as almost all of those like Virginia bands are at this point. 
like all the bands that I thought would like continue to put like to put stuff out like fucking um what is it uh like under a sky so blue yeah they're just they're just not doing stuff anymore I really miss uh coma regalia I think they still put stuff yes. out on occasion mm. they still put stuff out on occasion but they're just no nowhere near as active as they used to be and it's really a bummer mm-hmm. yeah been listening to some of uh, the sunny day <laughs> real estate lp2 yes fucking with that one and then uh, i listened to just friends for the first time that like latest promo tape that they did like that shit fucking slaps i'm really into yeah that. yeah yeah i'm that, I'm excited that for john that is one. sick mm-hmm. and then my kind of hip-hop thing that i've been into is the travis scott and quavo mixtape uh huncho Jack. yes it, oh my god yeah I'm, I will I will go to fucking bat for Travis Scott till the day I die. I'm like <laughs> such a fucking Travis Scott stan. Yeah, that tape with Quavo is ridiculous. Yeah. It's so it's so cold and hard. Um have you listened to the the track he featured on with uh, Trippy Red Dark Knight Dummo? No. Dark Knight Dummo D U M M O. Uh it's so fucking good. It's like the the production on the, that track is like absolutely apocalyptic. Like the cover of the single is like a, a fucking car on fire and it is exact it's exactly what the production sounds like it's amazing whose track is it technically uh, it's trippy red trippy red okay i'll check that out okay so there's a song that samples the same thing that that mac demarco song samples on the huncho jack thing and it just like threw me off so hard because it's in the mac demarco song chamber of reflection which i had no idea was a sample and he's never really talked about it being a sample um i think it's how you feel on the on the huncho jack tape no comment because i fucking hate mac demarco as do i but that's (laughs) like one of his biggest songs but uh like my grudge against mac demarco isn't even his music so much even though i think it's like the most boring indie rock but uh (laughs) he uh a lot of people say i look like him and (laughs) It's re- that's yeah. It's really upsetting to me, honestly. Like my my friend Kendra <laughs> was hanging out with me, and I was just smoking a cigarette, and she was like, "You look exactly like Mac DeMarco right now." And I wanted to like fucking jump in front of the bus that was coming up. Like, <laughs> I don't ever want to be compared to Mac DeMarco unless there's there's like this really hip lesbian on the other side of the street, and somebody's like, "You both look like Mac DeMarco." Then I'll take it as a compliment. <laughs> <laughs> but like please please if anyone is like listening mac demarco and george watsky the rapper are the two people i get compared to the most and i fucking hate it <laughs> oh man i'm so sorry <laughs> it's okay this was a good talk though um yeah that's all i got for what i've been listening to um, but yeah, so before we go into Screamo Mania, you have a track for us, Ellie. Let you intro, intro that right here. I do. I do. My friend uh, does some really, really good lo-fi like bedroom stuff. I've been, I've been really on a kick of listening to it lately, and it's really like enthralling. And not just the DIY nature is what I find engaging. Uh, it's just like ridiculously intimate, and it's very captivating in a way i haven't felt from like lo-fi bedroom stuff in a really long time um so the the song is called read to me one last time by uh i was happy when i was a kid and uh she has like a, a ton of other projects that that she does but this one's my favorite and uh i just wanted to uh give her some more exposure so 
yeah, uh, send it to the to the song break, Kyle. the bulk of the episode here screamo talk uh like i said at the beginning this is kind of coming from a lot of people looking for the entry point for screamo and i'm one of those people that's a novice so this is gonna be a lot of ellie and lauren i have a feeling but um i kind of set the path here with some questions to kind of guide us through what we want to get through um but we were talking right before we started recording about how i was kind of asking Ellie, like, do you think that Screamo is an intimidating genre to get into? Because that's how I felt. I felt intimidated by it from the fan base and uh, just kind of where it's starting. It's kind of like a harsh-sounding genre. Yeah, I mean, it is abrasive. And uh, I will say about the fans, I don't want to smack-talk Screamo <clears throat> fans because um, 
I, I've met some of my favorite people, like some of the best people that I know are I met through Screamo and through that scene. And I think uh, it has a lot of value as a, a social community in and of itself. But I will say that there is this element of not re- not quite elitism, but it's very it's very much you need to have the, the right taste and you need to know the right bands. And everyone in Screamo seems to be friends with literally everybody else in Screamo. So it's very hard to to get a handle on um it's very it's very it's very hard to like find an entry point into the scene if you don't like already know somebody in a band like i remember when i first started getting into screamo i felt very you know like when you're like when you're a kid and you move to a new school and no one knows what to make of you and you're just kind of like staring at everybody uh like eating lunch and you just kind of like go and hide in the library that's what it's like when you're first getting into screamo <laughs> I think as you as you get more and more into it, and I'll talk more about how I got into Screamo later on. I got into Screamo very, very early in my music listening career to the point where it like freaks some people out. It's well worth getting into because the the wealth of really creative and cool people involved. And I, I would highly recommend people get into Screamo and start making friends in that scene because I've gotten a lot out of it on a, on a personal and emotional level. Yeah. Yeah, so I'll start here with kind of questioning, like, how vital is it to be into Screamo or to kind of call yourself a fan of emo? Like, is it a crime to proclaim yourself as an emo fan but not have any sort of grip on Screamo? I kind of carry around some shame of not being, like, in-depth into into Screamo, and, you know, here I am leading a podcast about emo. Like, there's some shame that comes along <laughs> with that, but, uh, guess, like, how vital is it? Uh, Lauren, do you uh, want to start? Yeah. <laughs> um, I... Like, obviously, you don't have to <clears throat> be a fan of Screamo to be a fan of emo, but, um, uh, I think, I think there's, uh, like that I think you should at least have some acknowledgement of where where it comes from, you know, where uh whatever you're listening to. Not everyone who gets into emo is into hardcore. Uh yeah. there's a there's a lot of crossover with indie, especially with like emo revival and the yeah, Midwest emo and all of that. A lot of those people don't won't like any of it. Like it's just it just isn't for them. But I still think they like a lot of people. You know, know they they understand that it, that is where it comes from. Uh, is hardcore? I don't know. It it's not it's not necessary. But I I think I think you should you should know you should you don't have like whether or not you listen to it, you should know uh, the roots. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, just like be aware. Like Yeah, just just because just because of the community, like it's it's such a small it's such a niche thing anyway, like emo. Yeah, it's that, a, it's a niche inside a niche. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That yeah. there's uh that like there it's it's just part of the culture, like understanding the entirety of it. Like uh 'cause because even even though you don't know like even though you don't really listen to Screamo like you, you do understand, right? Like, uh, like you, you acknowledge that there's like roots there, and there's tie-ins to like a lot of the stuff you listen to. Like, like uh, I'm sure you you know that like snowing and that uh, are like pretty much 
like directly like ripping off the guitar work of screamo Mm -hmm. like like yeah it's it's just it's just a you can just kind of see the progression of the music like from screamo straight into the emo revival in the late 2000s and i i think there were a lot of people myself included who when the emo revival like first started breaking out into the mainstream and seeing kids like myself could start getting into real music. <laughs> <laughs> I was uh, real music, not fake music. Right? <laughs> yeah. What is fake um, music? I, <laughs> I don't know. Um, I, Sheep with shovels likes to call like, he likes to call it real people music. Like as it, <laughs> As if, like, when you're a kid, the stuff you listen to isn't real music. Like, like I don't know. When I was, like, six, I was listening to, like, Green Day and Blink-182. But I still think that's, like, real music, you know? Right. Like, it's not it's not stuff that's pretending to be music. I think that's, like, like if you want to go with anything that's, like, fake music, you can, like, go point to noise, like, throbbing gristle and stuff like that. Like, that's, that's fake music. Nightcore is fake music. Yeah. Reblog if you're one of the 99 <laughs> percent still listens to real music you say throbbing gristle i say one direction <laughs> um i have notes actually that are supposed to keep me on track <laughs> i have because normally when that. i normally when i go into these episodes the only notes i have is like the rundown that that kyle gives me and i have like yeah. little bullet points but here i have like a fucking script that I'm supposed to be sticking to, but I, I, I clearly am just not going to be able to do that. All right, so I want to start by addressing Kyle's question: um, How vital is Screamo in being a fan of emo? I think Screamo is interesting because, like, in my opinion, it's a lot closer to what emo is than like Midwest or Twinkle. Like, not that those bands aren't emo because they obviously are. And at this point, if you're denying that, you're just being like pedantic shithead. When I like personally think of emo without qualifiers like midwest or emo pop i think of like emotive hardcore still life and native knot and heroin don mm-hmm. martin free you know uh yeah. angel hair stuff like that so screamo is at its core it's the purest distillation of that sound and i don't think you're some naive yes. dipshit if you consider yourself an emo fan but don't listen to screamo claim to be knowledgeable about the genre if you don't have a clue what you're talking about when it comes to scrams like if you don't know who like Sasha are like i don't think that you can consider yourself like an expert on emo. And Lauren brought up, you know, how uh, emo revival is kind of uh, the early stuff, like Street Smart Cyclist and Algernon is kind of like directly taking from Screamo. And I think that's an important thing to acknowledge because um, the early emo revival fans weren't coming from an indie rock scene. They were coming from a hardcore scene. They were coming from Screamo. That's that's where their roots were. Like, uh, I think one of the essential early emo revival bands is uh and street smart cyclist of course obviously like both of those are very rooted in both the the vocal approach and uh song structure of screamo even if they are mm-hmm. taking influence from like indie rock guitar work like uh archers of loaf and stuff e- even if they are taking influence from pop punk in their song structure like i think it's uh undeniable to hear when you listen to them these these uh influence from screamo uh seeping in so i think it's it's essential to at least be aware of how Screamo has influenced the the poser indie rock garbage that all the kids on the sub listen to. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think that nice. there is 
enough acknowledgement, or do you think there's a <clears throat> lot of people that just think that it started with American football? Um, American football, the least emo emo band. Right. Um, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what happened. I've been trying to figure out why American football are kind of like this touchstone, but I've I've never really been able to put my finger on it, aside from the fact that the house on the cover is really rebloggable. Um, <laughs> And I think I think that there is a lot of ignorance uh, from fans of of the more recent bands. And I don't really want to talk down on these kids who don't know, you know, because right. there's nothing more there's nothing more frustrating than when you're trying to get into a genre and you just hear the the older people or the people who have been into it for a long time, right? Just calling you a fucking dumbass because yeah. you don't yeah. understand. Yeah. Like that's the that type of elitism and gatekeeping is one of the most infuriating things about uh, getting into really any genre of music, but especially like punk, like mm-hmm. and, and subgenres of punk. To to venture into more personal territory, I got into screamo. This, so th- this was in like 2005 or 2006. Um, so I was around 10 years old, and I was just googling about hardcore because my cousin had gotten me into like black flag and misfits and stuff because he knew that i really liked you know green day and blink 182 so he was like you know have you ever heard of these bands like dead kennedy's and stuff like that and i started googling about hardcore or not googling was it like dogpile back then (laughs) (laughs) or like ask jeeves ask jeeves yeah or whatever but I was just, uh, you know, bopping around and I found uh, Cross My Heart with a Knife, the absolutely legendary uh, Screamo forum. And I found like forums like Viva La Vinyl and uh, BCO, um, which is BoardCrucial.org. You know, I, I saw all these people talking about these bands that I never heard of. You know, they were talking about Blood Brothers. They were talking about Anasarka, like just all this stuff that was like completely revolutionary to me. And I found Forfa.com you know, which is the site that Andy from Funeral Diner did uh, and is super helpful resource when you're when you're wanting to get into like the earlier emo stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, back then, YouTube was still in its infancy, so it was really hard to to find what these bands sounded like. You kind of just had yeah. to had to like take a random guess. But, you know, SoulSeek was around and, you know, I was talking to people on the forums who were like linking me to the stuff. And I really like I want to I want to credit those people from back in the day for recognizing that I was a kid and I the the fact that I was into I thought stuff like Orchid sounded so fucking cool and I thought stuff like the plot to blow up the Eiffel Tower sounded so fucking cool. The fact that they like uh, n- not took pity on me, but like saw this, this budding interest and they nurtured it. And I think that's that's something that I'd really like to do with like the kids coming up today who are into like, you know, maybe modern baseball and uh mom jeans and stuff like that i want to like nurture this interest in the genre that they have rather than you know make them make them feel like shit for not knowing enough yeah um so kind of going with that like this is kind of like a broad question but like what exactly is screamo's relationship to emo like does screamo belong within emo like as a genre um Maybe more recently, it's become a separate thing, but I would still argue that it's a, it's emo. <clears throat> I have a I have a little thing written up <laughs> that yeah. I'm just going to read from. Um, right. So in the late '90s, the face of emo was like sanitized emo pop, like the Get Up Kids and the Promise Ring. You know, if you were a if you were a cool indie rock kid, you were hip to it. You know, it was mm-hmm. like uh, it was stuff that was accessible and easy to get into. But if you care to dig deeper into those roots, you'd 
only maybe get to stuff like Braid and Captain Jazz. You know, the vast majority of people were not looking into Davey Von Bolin's time in like 10 Boy Summer and like the stuff they were doing on that like Food Not Bombs compilation or like Ebolition Records. You know, they weren't they weren't looking into that stuff. So this has kind of led to the more hardcore oriented origins of emo being glossed over and forgotten, which is still a problem like to this day. And I'm trying to I'm trying to get Tom from Washed Up Emo to come on the podcast and talk about this. Um, But I don't I really doubt that you can find like 50 people on the sub who could tell you what happened in the world of emo between Rights of Spring and Sunny Day Real Estate. Like, yeah. Yeah, it's just the dead zone in emo's history, unless you're super knowledgeable about it. And I think mm-hmm. that's why Screamo is important. It, it's kind of like an antidote to this increasingly indie rock and pop punk influenced world of emo in the broader sense that we know it as. And it keeps the genre grounded in uh, the world of DIY hardcore. Absolutely. I agree. I was saying I was listening to Wayful. They have a song on their album, The Music Stops, The Man Dies. Their intro talks about the same thing here here's what they say independent music has become another oxymoron what was once a loosely knit collection of kids putting out their own records has become an oligopoly of exclusive distribution whereby a precious elite determines how much you pay for your next seven inch we may become yet another niche market based upon sales figures ex-members trends scene politics and old-fashioned hype it's now dog eat fucking dog we lost our sight, our vision. We are now just a bunch of white males who either want to look cute in our supposed emo outfits, want to prove that we are indeed the toughest guy in the pit, or want to f- blindly follow what every cool scenester says to buy. Uh, we buy and sell. We are trendy as fuck. We are a mirror of the system we claim to despise. And they just go on to talk about, uh, they're obviously pretty uh, jaded here, but uh, they just go on to talk about how... Uh, Quote, playing secondhand pop music and shaking your ass on stage isn't much different than what most of the mainstream bands have always done. And they basically are talking about how um, emo is from hardcore and it has, they have, they want to keep alive its hardcore origins. Uh, They go on to say emo must no longer be niche marketed to pop music. It must once again stand short for emotion. Hardcore must be, must once again be about pouring your heart into every aspect of your life that's some gorilla biscuits shit right there yeah right right (laughs) yeah now obviously they're over the top but the spirit i think is the same that emo emo is from hardcore and it always is will be hardcore and i agree that screamo is emo it's just emo it's just it's just pure emo the modern form of it because if there are any other like emo core bands, I think they're like specifically aping the sound of someone from the past. Like they're trying to be a Revolution Summer band, or they're you know trying to sound <laughs> like phrase <laughs> <Yeah>. give. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like you know they're trying like you know they're going for a specific sounds. But like the mo- the modern form of emo, like pure, is screamo, uh, and I think that's just kind of what it evolved out of. Is uh, like you said, is all of that uh, you know indie rock stuff. Yeah. And uh, they they just needed a new a term to differentiate. Kind of like after screamo got itself got polluted, and they had to come up with scrams. Yeah. You know, to put it in more succinct terms. Uh... 
Real emo only consists of the DC <laughs> hardcore scene, the late 90s screamo scene. What is known by Midwest emo is nothing but alternative rock with questionable real emo influence. All right, I'll stop. I'll stop. <laughs> <laughs> I have that copy pasta memorized, actually. Jesus <laughs> you know, like get up kids like signing this stuff like Vagrant and all that stuff like kind of brought this term emo to the forefront and then like all of a sudden screamo almost became like the underbelly of emo like it just got so like tucked away that basically became like like deep reservoir knowledge instead of being like the true form that people know it to be yeah like it's not it's not as lovingly archived as the midwest bands yeah you know yeah i don't know i i i take pride in being one of those people has like absurdly deep knowledge of really weird niche genres of hardcore so mm-hmm. I, I i i hope that you know stuff like emo history lessons and like this podcast does its part in you know introducing kids to bands that had a huge impact on the stuff they listen to whether or not they know it so the next thing i have down on this is what are the god tier bands of screamo like <laughs> you know how Midwest emo has American football, get up kids, braid, uh, cap and jazz. Like what are, what is Screamo's version of those? Oh God. <laughs> um, <laughs> my prediction is Sasha orchid. Yeah. Uh, I mean, just, just like, the standard. Want- should I go down the list? Like, should we try, we should try and do like a, like a Mount Rushmore of screen. Right. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Um, like the most obvious ones i think i think it would be seisha orchid i think jerome's dream <laughs> megaphone core yeah <laughs> um portraits of past i don't think portraits of past are screamo but i'll get into that later yeah yeah okay you think they're they're proto scrams they're like it's, honeywell it's, yeah it's hard for me uh, there's a lot because there's a lot of old school emo like before screamo was officially a thing in like like 97 ish like uh heroin reach out yeah uh elements of need elements uh, of need jasmine Meryl. yeah jazz jasmine yep wallside jack fan club yeah there's a lot of stuff that was like had like had the same vibes going on before screamo was like an official thing yeah i mean again i'll get into this more later when we talk about like the development of screamo as a genre what makes it screamo but um if i had to like do a mount rushmore of screamo seisha has to be on there i think page 99 has to be on there oh yeah God. orchid and you and i are kind of like duke, duking it out for a third place there because i think yeah you and you and i were around even before seisha was and i think yeah. that they're like uh they're they're really foundational for screamo i think that they mm-hmm. a lot of bands nowadays are pretty much just ripping off what they those did those dual vokes yeah and even like those really intensely melodic guitar breaks combined with oh, yeah. more dance parts like the the moshy dance the breakdowns yeah. yeah you can totally hear like bands like yafet kodo ripping them off oh yeah they don't. yeah oh yeah um yeah i'd go with yeah seisha page 99 jerome's dream and um i'm gonna go with circle takes the square for my fourth spot Ooh, 
Kyle Love Circle takes the square. Yeah, I threw in Jerome's Dream instead of Orchid because I think their song structure was a, a bit more sophisticated. Yeah. It was definitely more codified. You know, the, all the bands from around that same time period, like Neil Perry, stuff like that, were mm-hmm. very, uh, very, very much... I wouldn't say Jerome's Dream copycats, but they were all pulling from the same well, and I think Jerome's Dream did it best. Yeah. Are there any, like, runner-ups for this? Like, if you're going to say, I I listen to Screamo, and you don't know these bands, it's kind of like, okay, well, <laughs> the fuck you do? Oh, sure. Okay, all right. Uh, City of Caterpillar. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Gospel, Codan Armada, uh, The Birds Are Spies, They Report to the Trees, Jenny Piccolo, Ampere, Off Minor, Hot Cross, uh, <laughs> Amanda Woodward, uh, Sweet La Lune, uh, Daniel Stripe Tiger, Bravo okay. fucking Bravo, Love Like Electrocution, Spirit of Versailles, Shikari, uh, Tristan Zara, Funeral Diner, um, Flower State Depends, uh, In Loving Memory, After School Knife Fight, The Saddest Landscape, Sorry. uh, Welcome the Plague Year, um, Rain, uh, Envy for sure. I would uh, set myself on fire for you. Yeah, I would set myself on fire for you for sure. Uh, wow Owls, uh, Stop It. Uh, did I already say Love Lost But Not Forgotten? I don't think so. Um, yeah, and You and I, of course. Um, Usurp Synapse, <laughs> Seeing Means More. <laughs> um, Louis yeah. Cifra. Yeah, just so, so many, so many fucking bands so many fucking bands yeah. that like there there's so many bands that i think are kind of like in this elevated pantheon of royalty in the world of screamo oh joshua fit for battle oh Shit. oh yeah yeah that's a big one that i always forget about but i think that they're like super underrated nowadays yeah, they are crucial. yeah even though like when i when like i go back and look at some of those old forums and stuff that i was participating in like joshua fit for battle were always one of the very first bands brought up and their songwriting's so good, so punishing, yeah. so fucking brutal. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing to me how many bands like Joshua Fit for Battle. You can just tell, and page 99, document five, like a lot of those breakdowns and like the noise, like the noisy breakdowns. Like yeah. How, how much that would go on to influence like the post hardcore and metalcore. Yeah, the noisy the breakdowns, thousands. but also like. The, those moments of like cat, really catchy refrains, especially like that. Oh, yeah. Page 99, uh, fucking fuck you, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> that's like yes. so, that's so fucking punk rock. Uh huh. You know? So it's so like, it feels so catchy to me. And, you know, sorry to focus on page 99 rather than Joshua Fit for Battle, but, you know, that, that like stuttering melodic guitar at the beginning of uh, Humans with Forked Tongues, or not the beginning, like, 45 seconds in. Yeah. That. Yeah. That's like so fucking triumphant. And even though you can tell it's taking influence from like reach out and that uh, early nineties Bay area sound with like the epicness, mm-hmm. it's still, yeah. it's still very much like its own thing. And it feels very grounded in like late nineties mosh core for some reason, which uh, like I'll, Again, I'll get to later. I feel like I'm a fucking teaser trailer for Star Wars right now. But <laughs> yeah, there's oh god, it's so interesting. This stuff's so interesting to talk about. Um, mm-hmm. so we'll go into like what are the elements that make screamo screamo. I mean, we can kind of tack on like what are the popular subgenres because I know like there's a whole thing of post rock screamo and stuff. Um, yeah, post screamo, oh, emo yeah. violence, kitten core, sass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
going from the very foundation to the subgenres, I guess, would be a good way to go about this, I think. So, I mean, like, to start from the top, you know, ask 100 people to define Screamo and you'll get, like, 200 different answers, yeah. you know? Yeah. I, like, personally, I would say that Screamo started in 1996, 1997 with, like, Seisha and You and I, who were two bands that mixed together, like, all of the disparate elements of the various subgenres of emo at the time. You know, they had the twinkly interludes from Midwest emo, like, specifically uh, Seisha and Off Minor we're taking a ton of influence from Ethel Meserve. Like, they're very open about taking influence from Ethel Meserve and that kind of, like, uh, twinkly, almost mathy sound. Yeah. And, you know, they also had, like, the ferocious, the fucking octave chord attack of bands like Angel Hair and Anasarka. And then you also can't have Screamo without, like, the song structure and dynamics of the very more, like, those much more straightforward emo artists that they were pulling from, like, Indian Summer and Moss Icon. And then, you know, they sprinkle in a dash of heavy mosh core, like Earth Crisis. And later on, you know, like I Have Dreams was taking huge Shai Hulud influence. Mm -hmm. um, and it was kind of like anathema to admit to liking stuff to in Mo at the time. You know, like you weren't allowed to listen to like Victory Records bands and also, yeah. <laughs> you know, like it was, very, it was very much like, oh, this is the jock scene and then this is the vegan bake sale basement show scene. Like it was very stratified. I would also say that Screamo also tends to have more adventurous songwriting and much harsher vocals than any of the aforementioned styles of emo. And I think the two biggest touchstones for these qualities, like the, the where I can pinpoint it starting, is uh, Honeywell and Portraits of Past. You know, they're from the Bay Area. Um, and I, I would still say that they aren't quite Screamo. They haven't really quite got it down yet, but their influence is, like, impossible to overstate. And, you know, you, can, you also need to talk about, like, European bands like Weep and Fingerprint and uh, Anime, you know, band, like, especially, like, the fucking French scene was just really heavily. Oh, yeah. Yeah, really, a really heavy presence uh, on American Screamo. I think American Screamo owes a huge debt to French uh, emo yeah, music. because uh, the French, they, they had that, like, perfect, like, melodic sensibility in oh, their yeah. screamo like long before we did they they were like making essentially like pop structured emo so like screamo songs in the early 90s already like with poetra and yeah, and, trail and yeah like, uh, I, what's that one band symptom of isaac uh yeah, yeah. um them are ivich i-v-i-c-h uh-huh just super um, super fucking anomi I probably like butcher the pronunciation of a lot of these too. Oh, oh yeah, same. I fuck if I actually know. Oh, one twenty-five, uh, Rue Montmartre. Oh, for sure, for sure. Yeah, and from there, you know, you get into all the subgenres. And I think the first subgenre of emo that I think was really like codified and set in stone is emo violence. Yeah. Um, Power violence is a genre itself that's very, very misunderstood, I think. Like, uh, Kyle, are you aware of power violence? Do you, like, know the Touchstone bands? It's, like, really strange, but Madison has a really pop... Like, was once, like, popping off with power violence. So I've been going to okay. a lot of those, yeah. All right, that's, that's fucking rad. I, but I think for, like, our listeners who might not know, um, power violence is a style of hardcore that came out in, like, the late 80s. Um, especially in like uh, Southern California, 
you know, bands like Infest and Neanderthal and Man is the Bastard and uh, No Comment, especially who I think are, they put out Downsided, which is the most <laughs> punishing, brutal seven inch in the history of power violence. I think it's probably my favorite power violence album of all time. And uh, then later on, you get into like the Southern or sorry, the Northern California scene, which was uh, more punk rock. Uh, and that was a mid 90s thing. You know, spaz were around earlier, but they kind of like, you know, sanded down their more grindy pissed off approach into something that was just like you know fast aggressive punk like power violence got very um got a lot punkier more than hardcore as you got more into the 90s you know bands like charles bronson Mm -hmm. and whatnot Mm -hmm. you know i was just listening to them charles bronson are so good i love charles bronson mark mccoy has like one of my favorite senses of humor in hardcore (laughs) (laughs) he's like he's like if seth putnam was tolerable Right. <laughs> uh, and I like to, to give like a two sentence description of power violence. I'd, I'd say that it's uh, it's it's grind core without the metal. Like it's, yeah. it's the most yeah. extreme possible variant of hardcore punk without yeah. influence. Mm-hmm. Pretty much. Yeah. yeah. So with with emo violence, I think you have to talk about bands from the southeast, especially like uh Palatka, like all the Florida bands, mm-hmm. Palatka, uh, yeah, and you know, Inhumanity, Inhumanity, Party, yeah. uh, Inhumanity. I think coined the term power violence, and yeah. you know, these bands that were doing, you know, they had the the octave chord uh, kind of melodies of screamo, but they had like really fast pay, like these like turn on a dime tempo changes, and like. Mm-hmm super super dissonant guitar breaks and like really intense song structures and you know like ass factor four i think is another band you can yeah. find there yep and so as you as you get mm-hmm. more into like oh yeah for sure um and then as you get more into like the late 90s uh a lot of people would say like orchid is the first emo violence band i don't think that's accurate i would say it's inhumanity but um orchid kind of mm-hmm. took that and ran with it and Obviously, also bands like Jerome's Dream, um, and it's there's a lot of like uh, really sudden, heavy changes in dynamic and mood in emo violence songs, and the songs tend to be very short, like like Power Violence and Grindcore. It's probably the most influential subgenre of emo. I think like ninety percent of bands nowadays are in the screamo scene. I would consider emo violence. And, you know, obviously, like, early Loma Prieta, super, super, oh, yeah. emo Then after that, you start getting into more of, like, the post-Rocky uh, screamo stuff, like uh, City of Caterpillar definitely codified that sound. And when I think of, like, when I think of the term post-screamo, I don't know how super popular it is, but I've, I've seen it used a lot. You know, that's uh, screamo bands that are, like, they're taking influence from prog rock as well as post-rock. So, yeah. you know like gospel yeah that's super proggy circle Mm -hmm. takes the square have like ridiculous song structures Um, yeah oh yeah uh stop it wow wow hot hot cross hot cross are fucking and as well as off minor super jazzy yeah um Mm -hmm. all that stuff that's like proto swan core yeah for sure doesn't uh (laughs) You might be able to speak to this more than I can, Lauren, but I know like uh, Will from uh, Dance Gavin Dance, like he talks a lot about being influenced by Scrams, doesn't he? 
Uh, yeah, they have talked about their dance kind of dance. They talked about their influence from Screamo, and uh, uh, they're but they're actually buddies with um Alex Bigman. Yeah, um, uh, Will Blue Note released Ghost Spirit. Yeah, uh, Blue Swan. You mean? Oh, Blue Swan. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know why yeah. I said Blue Note. <laughs> Blue Tip. Whatever. Um. <laughs> yeah, and he was featured on a a couple of their Secret Man songs as well. Yeah, and that's fucking insane to me because like Will Swan's record label also puts out fucking all all those like really like pretty noodly post hardcore bands with like yeah. the, gor- the gorgeous soaring vocals like yeah uh-huh. uh, like tides of man and whatnot. They they've also got it's it's cool because I like their variety because they've also got like there's a band Oranges and they're also you can tell they're influenced by Sass. Oh, yeah. their their vocal delivery and their song titles it just uh just it's there and i don't know i i think it's really cool that they're keeping like that vibe alive for uh, sure like and even if it is like popified and whatever they're combining like, with like neo psychedelia and like, yeah, yeah 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 neo psychedelia and uh, r&b is plus like post grams is the is the formula for swan core because they've got that intricate like guitar work from scrams and then like it sounds it's like got enough pedals effects on it that it sounds like it's sounds like you're on an acid trip <laughs> like we've we've brought up sass a couple times now yeah so we, we could talk about sass um, which is related to screamo directly uh yeah pretty much okay. yeah I uh, I think I am I've like earned the title of Sass Defender. Like, <laughs> um, Sass has gotten slightly more popular in recent years. I think it's popular. Yeah. Like revival is dying, but it was there for a little bit. But I'm still like maybe one of fifty people in the world who will defend Sass till the day I die. Yeah, <laughs> it was so it was so fucking spat upon when it came out. And like it's like it's it it evolved from screamo, but it's very spazzy. You know, a lot of like frantic note runs on the guitar, but it's also super dancey. You got the keyboards, yeah. you got the hi hat shuffles, and you got the super homoerotic nature of of these bands' stage presence. Like uh, yeah. I know Eddie from an Albatross would like wear these pink spandex suits and like deep throat the mic on stage. <laughs> but, like like. Every anytime I see like a picture of someone singing for a, a SAS band, like uh, I think the original post on SAS by Stuff You Will on Stuff You Will Hate by Pete, uh, he says something like, "Just imagine like a dick with coke on it, like just off screen." <laughs> he, I think it's actually he says, "It's like a, a pair of hot, salt, oh, yeah, hot, uh, hot salty nuts. nuts in your face, but in a yeah. good way." <laughs> <laughs> It's like it's it's screamo that you can like fuck weird girls too, <laughs> like hint hint and panthers. Like you get like yeah. a very sexed up vibe from Sass. Oh yeah, along oh, with yeah. abrasiveness. It's like the dance punk element in there. I think. Yeah, I've written I've written at this point like three or four posts about Sass, and you can find those like on my blog. But I think dance punk oh, like uh, like chick 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 and Interpol is like clearly just directly descended from sass like there's no yeah. two ways about it 
Hot Hot Heat actually started out as like a legit SAS band. Like yeah. a screamo, like a screamo yeah. band. They had a split with um uh a red light sting. A red yes, red light sting. Yeah. Would like the Blood Brothers be the biggest SAS band? Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Especially like pre Burn Piano Island and Burn. Yeah, with Adultery Very is ripe and stuff. Oh yeah. And March on Electric Children. Yeah. Yep. And then probably like uh, before we start talking about like the difference between scrams and screamo, probably the only other subgenre we're talking about is kittencore. <laughs> I, I really I love kittencore, but I don't even know if I would consider it like a genre unto itself. It's basically like a bunch of 15, 16 year old kids in screamo bands and they haven't like broken in their screams yet. So they sound like mewling high pitched kitten. And that's that's kittencore. Hmm. Are there a lot yeah. of bands in the genre? Yeah, like Spirit of Versailles are probably like the most popular kit and core band. And then Flowers like a, Tape Depends. Flowers Tape Depends and all those like early Scarbosa bands like okay. uh Meryl Streak or two, you know? Yeah, it's uh you can check out like to not to plug my blog anymore or anything, but uh, <laughs> you can check out my post on uh Kit and Core. I think it's called How to Be Cool or something like that. How to be cool. A primer on Kit and Core. Yeah. Real quick before we before we because we have another guest popping in late, um, mm-hmm. but real quick before we before we tackle that, I do want to talk about the word scrams itself, which is uh, uh, Alex Bigman invented Scram-o. it. Yeah, he back mm-hmm. in two thousand four on his live journal, uh, he called Funeral Diner uh, Scramo S K R A M O, and so for a while we were calling everything like Scram. And then in like 2007, it became more codified into scrams with a Z at the end um, and like scrimmies and other various infantile variations on the word. But like that was, that was like a 100% across my heart with a knife invention. And I believe like the band that really like catalyzed this aggressive separation between scrams and screamo was the used. <laughs> like, <laughs> like kids who listen to scream, to like, for lack of a better term, real screamo. I hate that phrase. Like, I prefer scrams because saying real screamo sounds so fucking pretentious. Yeah. But, uh, like, as in the words of Sergeant D, I wouldn't want to be lumped in with those Mormons gone wild either. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, uh, like, a lot of people try and say that, like, screamo's the music, scrams is the culture. Or they try and say, like, scrams is, like, European screamo. And I don't really think that's accurate. I think it's, like, a neologism specifically created uh, to separate what is actually screamo from like this weird buzzword that it became in the 2000s where like I was hearing like cannibal corpse and Papa Roach called screamo. Yeah. And like anything. Yeah. Like it started with just like senses fail. and Senses fail and Silverstein. Yeah. 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 Legit screamo influences, but are not. Yeah, exactly. And like Thursday and Finch and bands like that. Yeah, but then, but then by like 2006, it was like fucking three days grace and anyone vaguely, you know, vaguely harsh school, vocals. When I was in high school, this girl called Weezer screamo. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was like that was a real. That was one of those moments where I was like, okay, scrams isn't as stupid as I thought it was before. <laughs> Were the bands like calling themselves Screamo or was it like the fans? Oh no, yeah, it was, it was just 
Yeah, Jeff Rickley, just Jeff Rickley from Thursday in particular was like, I don't want to be called a screamo because yeah. I'm not screamo and I know it's they didn't even yeah, they didn't even want to be called emo. Like Yeah. Like right. like Jeff Rickley made an still makes an af- active effort to like actually educate people on like what that actually is, like what emo actually is. And he's mm-hmm. like you know, because he he put on those shows in his freaking basement. Like way back when, shout out to Gerard Way. Yeah, yeah. I think it's about time we let we let Danny in. Yeah, come on in, hobo. Hello, kids. Sorry for being late. It's okay. We still love you. You fucking procrastinating piece of shit. On on the bright side, I won. You're like you're like when I was in high school, and my my biology teacher, whose favorite band was Sunny Day Real Estate, he would like pull me aside. And say we've been into the school year for three months now, and you've literally been late every single day, uh, and I have to give you a detention, but you're not going to show up to it. Like that's <laughs> that's who you are, Dan. I'm sorry. <laughs> that's that's your aesthetic. Is the kid who's like, 20 minutes late to school every day? Like I, I know I keep saying, yeah, I can maybe make these uh, podcasts, and then end up not being able to. And I know like 90 percent of that is my own fault. Because my schedule is the worst thing ever. I mean, it's not your fault in that case. If it's your work schedule, it's capitalism's fault. But like everything is capitalism's fault. So. <laughs> well, how do we catch you up here? I guess, uh, are you a big screamo head? Yeah, I like scrams. I like man is the bastard. <laughs> <laughs> Grand entrance. Um, yeah, I like scrams. Um, that's my, gonna be my my AOL instant messenger away quote. I like scrams. <laughs> no, um, yeah, I like scrams. My favorite scrams band is Orchid. My favorite album is City of Caterpillar, self titled. I think that's about all I need to say. That's all you need to know. You got cred. You got cred, Daniel. Sick. But do you own the City of Caterpillar LP on vinyl? I do. I got the clear copy somewhere oh, in my nice. room. I EP as well. It's pretty good. The split they did with Circle takes the square. Uh, I that I do not have, unfortunately. Uh, you have the the driving Spain up a wall thing, right? Yes. Okay. The, yeah. the recent thing. It's also sick. So yeah, how have you all been? We've been good. We've been literally this whole episode. We've just been sitting around going, "Where's Daniel?" <laughs> I mean, I I skyped, I skyped uh, hot dog like two and a half, three hours ago, saying, oh, "Hey, shit. I don't think I can make it." Yeah, we got. And off then of I Skype. get here, I look on Discord, I see, oh hey, there's a little um, there's like a little section for a new uh, for another channel instead of Skype, and I jump in there, and you're all still in here. Like I was not expecting that. I expected that the episode would have been over by the time I got home. No, you've underestimated my ability to talk at length about Screamo. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's Scrams. Which uh, section are we in, by the way? I think we're just about uh, to get into accessible bands and albums to ease into ooh. Screamo. All right. Uh, options for this? Put together a list of 10 Screamo LPs that I think are real good to ease someone into the genre. Not necessarily in the order that I say them, because I start off with page 99, which is super not accessible. <laughs> 
So I'm just gonna I'm just gonna leap right into it there. Yeah. Uh, so number one, page ninety nine, document number five. So this is one of my all time favorite bands, and it's just fucking absolutely crushing all the way through. There's like some really intense melodic breaks thrown in. Uh, it kind of offsets like the super heavily grind influenced atmosphere. And uh, the closing track by the fireplace in white, it's a total Indian summer slow burner throwback. And it's amazing. And it's hypnotic. Number two, Circle takes the square as the roots undo. A lot of people think it's the best Screamo album of all time, which it's a contender. Um, I've heard it described Mm -hmm. as show tune scrams. I wouldn't entirely disagree. Uh, I think they're the literally the best, the best hook writers in all of Screamo, like tons of insanely memorable passages. And They're, they have a real experimental bent, but I think they, they keep it accessible while maintaining like the wild, frantic nature of it. Got third gospel, The Moon is a Dead World. Um, yes. It basically sounds like if Yes or ELO wore white belts and were in Asia. <laughs> it's literally the best drumming I've ever heard in my life, by the way. You should check out the drummer's previous band, uh, Helen of Troy. Like It's, it's good stoner scrams. Um, but yeah. Uh, number four, Orchid, Dance Tonight, Revolution Tomorrow. Probably the most iconic Screamo release of all time. Uh, anyone who's like even a little bit into Screamo knows this and Seisha. The drop in I Am Misha fucking wrecks me every time. Uh, and like there's so many memorable moments that stick out to me. Like Lights Out, and you are, and you are. Um, <laughs> yeah, and then that, that guitar riff highlight at the end of Destination Blood is so fucking good. It rips. Um, yeah. Number five, Jerome's dream seeing means more than safety. Uh, it's an excellent 10-inch release, and it shows them at like the top of their game. Absolutely wild songwriters. And uh, the singer would literally be playing without a microphone and then cough up blood after the show from how hard he was going. Um, so if you're into like Pig yeah. Destroyer, like J.R. Hayes, that type of thing, uh, it's absolutely for you. Just incomprehensible fucking brutal vocals. Number six, City of Cat. Caterpillar, self-titled. No other band did the post-rock thing as well as they did, in my opinion. Uh, Super catchy and accessible while maintaining those artsy crescendos. Uh, Bonus points, you should check out their other band, Malady, who did like Senses Fail, Pop Screamo thing. Better than really any band before or since. Really good songwriting on that Malady record. Uh, Number seven, Three Days Till Christmas by I Have Dreams. Yeah. Heavily shy halud influenced screamo from the dirty south. Great guitar riff highlights, great crushing breakdowns, really passionate, off-key clean vocals. It just hits you like a fucking ton of bricks. Number eight, you and I, the curtain falls. Uh intense screamo from Jersey, from a band that somewhat predates even Seisha, as I mentioned before. So they have this great melodic ear and they combine it with like bone snapping hardcore dance moments and probably the best utilization of dual vocalists in the history of the genre. You know, twin vocalists is like a running three running theme in screamo and uh you and i just aced it right off the bat no one ever equaled them uh number nine off minor the heat death of the universe uh ex seisha members i think it's better than anything seisha ever did uh really jazzy mathy screamo that plays the build and release game masterfully excellent tension Mm -hmm. and excellent execution throughout and i think something that might appeal to people who are just getting into screamo is that i think vocals on that record are really accessible they're not too harsh, and they're pretty easy to understand. And then number 10, finally, uh, Ampere, All Our Tomorrows and Today. And that LP is uh, a good starting point, I think, because it's only something like 11 minutes long, and it's just blistering fury, fucking untouchable. Like, really memorable songwriting, 
and concise, smart riffs throughout. Uh, you listen to it and you like, like, I literally can't believe how short some of the songs are because they're just absolutely packed with great, memorable moments. Uh, so that's my, that's my list. I would say uh, the Kayambi Communique. Oh, good um, choice. Uh, yeah, they've got some really good freaking melodic sensibility. A, some A songwriting. Uh, they, don't, they don't have much material. I think they just have like an EP and a, a split or something. So like a total of like six songs or something. But still all really good. The Kid Crash. Oh, fuck. Uh, good choice. Jokes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, jokes. Uh, just fucking classic. You're going to throw on Kodan Amata? Yeah, that's literally what I was going to say next. I was, I was trying to think. I was going to say, did you say Kodan Armada? Yeah. Uh, yeah, Kodan Armada. Again, just really good, catchy stuff. I wish I didn't hate myself.com. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and they have that they have that amazing song No has never had three or yeah, No has never had three letters. Oh, yeah. Which yeah. is like I don't want to talk about the backstory of that song cuz like it deserves a huge content warning. Um Yeah. But if you like look up the story behind that song and then read the lyrics, it's just the most heartbreaking shit. Like really impressive intense emotion. Um <sighs> For me, with uh, starter screamo bands, I would agree with um, Off Minor, and I would probably say uh, I Hate Myself 10 songs could be somewhere in there. While it doesn't like stay strictly towards scrams the entire time, I'd say it's a good like easing way into the genre, where then you can go to like something such as Off Minor or Seisha following it up. Yeah, I wanted to put Seisha on my intro list, but I just don't think like with the advances the genre has made, that Seisha, like, I still think that it's it's good, but it doesn't hold up as like as revolutionary as it once sounded. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, also, uh, I I personally think that Seisha has like an intro to Screamo isn't the best in, in my opinion. Which yeah, the, why I didn't the, said the I think vocals, off minor, yeah, off minor thing is a better one. The vocals in Seisha can be really tough to get into. Agreed. Yeah, but but they do have Venus and Bacchus, which is like in the top mm-hmm. ten Screamo songs ever. That's oh, like an yeah. emo landmark or screamo. I think Steve from Seisha has like this the story he tells about how at every show they play like some dipshit kid would just shout, play Venus and Batches. No. <laughs> <laughs> when I saw Cap and Jazz a few months ago, like three different people kept shouting, play never meant. <laughs> <laughs> play an Owen song. Yeah. <laughs> you could just see Mike was just irritated on the drums. Oh I can imagine for Mike playing drums in Captain Jazz is like pulling a Billy Madison and having to repeat the fourth grade. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. One band that I'm surprised hasn't been mentioned yet just because they're mentioned on the sub a lot is William Bonnie. Where do they play into things? Want some uh, some twinkle scram? Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, twinkle core. Some some babby's first scrams. <laughs> That's what I figured actually. Jack said, uh, "I I promised my friend William that like I'd invite him onto the podcast to talk about Jack Sense, but like William Bonnie, him. yeah, like all those all, William Bonnie merchant ships, Midwest pen pals, like yeah." 
that stuff has its place, but I almost don't even think it's worth mentioning at this point. Yeah. Like, because everyone knows them. And a lot of people don't even really think of them as Screamo because of, you know, the guitar work and how accessible they are. Okay. Uh, then what are some contemporary Screamo bands to recommend? Like bands that are active, touring, putting out records currently? And just kind of like, what's the Screamo climate like right now? Yeah. I, I made a promise to myself that I wasn't going to like shout out bands that I'm friends with here. So <laughs> no See You Space Cowboy, no Letters to Catalonia, no fucking... <laughs> No wrist meat razor. And honestly, like when I made that promise to myself, it became really hard because <laughs> I'm fucking like, like half my friends now are just in the, in the screamo scene. But um, I do have a list of bands I think are like lesser known um, bands that should be given more attention than they are. Uh, but I, I would like some other people to, uh, to start off. I've been really digging this band called uh, Ghost Spirit. Oh, Alex Bigman, yeah, we one of my yeah, best buddies. Just talking about really Bruce digging that past few weeks. Uh, I don't know if Touche Amori counts, but I always have loved them. Uh, if you if you said that in the Facebook group, uh, Scram's posting, <laughs> I, I think you would actually be crucified. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Like no joke, like the nail going through both your ankles, like crucified. <laughs> yeah, that sounds painful. I kind of want to do that now, just to see what happens. <laughs> don't do that. I don't want you to get banned from Scram's posting on your first day. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll wait a week or two. <laughs> no, but um, what else? I've enjoyed uh, Flowers Tape Depends. They're not really around anymore, but some more modern stuff. I don't know. I can't think of a lot of Scram's bands from like this decade that I frequently listen to. Depressing as that is. Pretty much all recent shit. Like, they're all broken up now. Like, Maria. Oh my god. And, uh, that, that posthumous record Maria released this year, the, gu- the guitar work is absolutely amazing. Untouchable. Very, Lord Snow, too, I think, has some of like the best guitar work in Scream. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Lord Snow. Yeah, like a lot of a lot of bands that we could bring up, like Calculator and Aspergers and stuff, like they're all broken up now. Yeah, yep. Aside from Touche, Daniel, like all the bands you mentioned, I'm friends with. Shit. <laughs> Jesus, yeah. Oh, Comadre, they're another one who broke up. I didn't know they were screamo. They're like rocked out screamo. Yeah. Like, uh, I wouldn't call them necessarily butt rock screamo, but. Weezer. <laughs> I heard Weezer's a really good screamo band. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> when I heard that, I was just dying. <laughs> um, are there certain cities? I know like Virginia is huge for Screamo, but are there any other kind of like hotbeds? Like, you know how what Philly is for emo? Is there like a certain area that's... Oh, yeah. San Diego. Is San Diego got... still? Yeah. San Diego's got, you know, Sea Space Cowboy and Letters to Catalonia and Heritage Unit all those great bands um and then you know chicago has like some great artists like black nail you know most of like the hotbeds of screamo now though i think kind of lie in europe uh and everywhere else is kind of just like uh concentrated in certain pockets of cities like richmond um all right so i have my list and these are all bands that are still active and actually fairly new like all of these bands put out didn't put out their first uh material until like uh, last year or at the earliest so i have a uh, frail hands 
who released like absolutely fucking stellar LP this year. Wicked dynamic drumming, super great. Um, Shizune are really good. Uh, Second grade, second grade knife fight who are a little bit sassy, a little bit myspacey, but definitely still like uh, harsh and emo violency. The longer we stray from the light, they put out absolutely amazing material. Like everything they put out just knocks me on my ass. Slow Fire Pistol. They put out a really good EP earlier this year that is a really intense yearning scrams. And I think the vocals are like really unique. They're just like, they're not this uh, affected screaming that you hear a lot in Screamo. It's very like from the gut, like uh, you can hear the desperation. Uh, Vivian K, really good band. Uh, Senpai Suicide Club. <laughs> Great name, right? Really good. Yeah. Uh, I Buried Your Flowers. Uh, yes. Really good. Band. Uh, Paper Sky. Oh, uh, quick shout out to uh, this band that the the members describe themselves as suburban scum for emo twinks. Um, <laughs> they are called a. They are called all my friends want to kill themselves, and they they their demo is just absolutely fucking punishing, ridiculously good. Uh, Tree houses. They they put out some pretty good material this year. Uh, this band called a six oh six. 59C, basically like a Richmond Screamo supergroup. They put out an album this year called, I believe, uh, and and the rest is a blur. I can't recommend it highly enough. Probably in like my top ten Screamo releases of the year. Uh, really excellent band. Then we got a. Uh, this is how it ended in Tokyo. All one word. Ignore the the cat and jazz reference in the name. They're actually uh, not. Cool. And then uh, <laughs> real quick, real quick shout out to Senza who are a really great band. And uh, also Jordan from Binary. They have another band called uh, Phi Lung, F-E-I Lung. Uh, I'm probably pronouncing that super wrong. And uh, another, another band I almost forgot to mention until just now, uh, they're called Sick Shit. And they're really fucking great. Nice. Does that end the list? Anyone else adding? I think that kind of covered um, Are Cost still around? Cost? No. They broke up kind of a while ago. But I know that they're uh, they're a real big touchstone, along with like stuff like the Cambodian Heat, you know. Yeah, those bands broke up like as recently as 2015, and everyone involved like considers them fucking dead. They call them like this is my old shitty dead band. Yeah. Like, like Kanye from Sea Space Cowboy. Like Renee Descartes broke up like last year, and she calls Renee Descartes like her old dead band, and that's like mind blowing to me. So yeah, stuff moves <laughs> really fast in screamo. Keep it keep it trendy. I'm like, uh, honestly, not current. Okay, because I okay, you you got involved, uh, Ellie, in the in the actual like scram scene uh, on the internet. I I I meet people online and they think that I am involved in the scram scene, but I never was. All my knowledge, <laughs> all my knowledge, just comes from like obsessively digging through fucking discogs and like random blog spots. And finding all this music, <laughs> like that's that's how I know all of this. I never, I never knew someone who like showed me. I never knew anyone in any bands or anything. So my so my modern knowledge is like kind of limited. I have like the screamo tag on Bandcamp, and like <laughs> and and like whatever else I can find. Is yeah, you live there... still together? You'll live. Yeah. I, do, I don't believe so. But yeah, they're yeah. pretty good, like, twinkle scrams. Yeah. 
Lauren, is it like you, you like start talking to them and they're like, oh yeah, what bands were you in? And then you're like, oh shit, go talk, yeah. go talk to Ellie. <laughs> yeah, 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 it's happened a few times. They're like, where did I ever tour with you or something? <laughs> like, you're like, no, alas, I'm but a tiny new Jack. Yeah, no, I'm just, I'm just a poser scene kid. Who's pretending to like scrams? I love that the most excited you got in this episode is when we started talking about Will Swan. <laughs> <laughs> That's my shit, man. I've got a signed poster from Dance Gavin Dance. <laughs> no joke. I'm I'm wearing a Dance Gavin Dance shirt right now, actually. <laughs> <laughs> no joke. I'm wearing a flannel and a sweater. I look very lesbian. Now it makes me happy. <laughs> I'm wearing a Jane's Addiction t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> the truest emo of all. I just Jane says. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I have a Seisha V-neck somewhere in my room. <laughs> I have a Seisha shirt, but it's not a V-neck, unfortunately. That's acceptable. I asked Deathwish if they had V-necks, and they said, regrettably, we don't. Is that a verbatim quote? Yes. That's what they tweeted at me. <laughs> All right. Well, I have one more thing to bring up in the Screamo Talk, and then we'll call it an episode. Uh, what are some modern uh, resources for Screamo? Like, where can you find new bands? Like, I know there's Facebook groups. Um, where would one uh, go to, me. to keep up? Me. I'm the resource. Okay. <laughs> yeah. You are the plug. <laughs> Accurate. Uh, no, it's... <laughs> It's kind of ridiculous because, like, I don't even really know, like, how I how I know all these bands. I just kind of, like, talk to my friends and they're like, oh, yeah, I'm in this band. But uh, I think if you want to if you want to get more into Screamo, I would say join the Scram Cave on Facebook. But also, like, don't do that because uh, <laughs> we got like a huge influx of new members. And I I've been a longtime member of the Scram Cave. I was in the, the Facebook group that was the Scram Cave before. It was called a Scram's Posting. It kind of just fell the fuck apart because uh, like, there was like political infighting and stuff like that. And so Scram Cave kind of arose out of that. I'm, I'm willing to bet I was one of the first 30 people in Scram Cave. And I watched it grow to a group of over 2,000. We got like a huge influx of new members uh, a couple months ago. And I don't want any more. <laughs> <laughs> and, and no one ever posts. Like you all just like show up and fucking lurk. <laughs> it makes me really mad. No one who's not already in the scene is, like, contributing to the scene. They just kind of, like, watch all the OG posters post, and it it sucks. But, I mean, like, you know, check out, like, uh, David Norman's blog, Open Mind Saturated Brain. I think that's yes. a really great source uh, for new for newer Screamo. Sophie's Floorboard, too, but to a lesser extent. It hasn't been active in a while, but Jordan's blog, uh, Screamo Tapes, is pretty good. Oh, yeah. And then, you know, just keep, just keep uh, hitting the refresh on that Scrams tag on Bandcamp. Um, yep. <laughs> real, real good stuff always coming out, and I, you always want to be on top of it. Um, yeah, I use Bandcamp primarily as my source for finding yeah. new bands, particularly Scrams. That, yeah, that's pretty much it. Just get involved in the scene. Like, I, yeah. want, I want more people to be making this music and promoting this music, you know? Like, it's... Uh, it's a real underground thing, and because of the nature of it, I really, truly don't foresee it becoming super popular in the near future the way Oso Oso 
is probably going to. Right. You know, I want I want it to to flourish. I want I want it to always have new blood coming in, and I want torches yeah. to be passed. So start bands. Start mm-hmm. like that's yes. that's the easiest way. That's the easiest way to get involved is start a fucking band or put on shows. Get get involved in DIY. That's how that's how you find out about this shit. Yeah. Are there any like particular like labels that are yeah keeping it alive? Um, Middleman yeah. for sure. Okay. Sean Decker's label, and then uh, David Norman's label, Zagama Beach. Oh yeah. All right. Well, I think that's gonna bring it to a close. Unless there are final words here for Screamo. Um, ride bikes. Ride bikes. Ride bikes. <laughs> ride bikes. <laughs> <laughs> Ride bikes does not actually mean to ride a bike, you fucking moron. <laughs> God. Uh, orchid 10-inch skull split. Uh. I actually just saw someone on Facebook trying to sell a red copy of that for about $80. And I was very hesitant on uh, saying I'll buy it. It's worth way more than 80 bucks. That's a bargain. Yeah, that's what I was thinking as well. Let me see if it's still up. If I can even remember where I found it. Let's call it an episode. Where can people find you all on the internet between shows? Reddit. Reddit. Okay. <laughs> uh, you should give your Reddit username, Dipstick. Man, <laughs> that's a good idea, actually. Uh, my username is you slash you slash Hobo Sapien Twenty. Fucking Muppet. <laughs> Shut up, Sark. <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at you don't need maps. Um, you can find me uh, on WordPress. You don't need maps.wordpress.com. I'm on Reddit, you sarcastosaurus. Yeah, it's, it's funny that you call me Sark. I think somebody pointed that out. Like, that it's really weird that you call me Sark instead of Ellie. Yeah, it was um, anxiety on Discord. <laughs> and I generally go by people, how I know them, like, primarily, which for us, I know you primarily as sarcastosaurus. So it's just natural for me to just call you Sark. Like how it's normal for me to just refer to Lauren as Cage or Kage. 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 <laughs> yeah, I still That's like a that. New I'm, one. I'm gonna keep That's calling you Cage. One. It's a lot easier on me. Hopefully you understand. Cothany Gaetano. <laughs> <laughs> what did I what did I comment on your sparkle plus? <laughs> yeah, you were you were like, how lame, ha ha ha, I'm not mom jeans. <laughs> so yeah you can find me at uh ukage6613 on reddit you mean uk6613 ukaj6613 <laughs> um although i have not been very active there lately uh it's uh, fuck feeling the sensation on tumblr and instagram and at lolo underscore fine is there an underscore this At Lolo Klein on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is gonna be like the episode where everyone's like, "All right, guess we better stop listening to this shit." Yeah. Nah, nah, <laughs> not gonna happen. Um, and you can find me on Instagram at Nothing Feels Gucci. You can find the podcast on everything Twitter and Instagram. It is the E Word Podcast, and the email address is the e word pod at gmail.com if you want to get in touch find an inbox and send a message um i keep forgetting to mention this on every episode but if you're in a band and you want to have a song 
possibly played on the show, you can send those along too. I'd love to have a pool of songs to pick from and all that stuff. Um, and don't forget to subscribe on iTunes and leave a review if you're feeling nice. And I think that's all we have. So thank you for listening to the S word, the screamo podcast version of the E word. <laughs> um, and uh, it was still the E word. It was the fucking Ellie show. Got it. <laughs> I'm sorry. I feel terrible. Is that what the E stands for? Yeah. I, I feel like I, like I walked in like to this episode expecting there to be like some sort of back and forth. And then it ended just, just being me like fucking delivering so- soliloquy after soliloquy. Yeah, yeah, you are the Scrams queen. <laughs> this was quite an episode. Good fade out. Lots Good fade out point. Lots, lots of I'll try being on time next time.